is up internet. Dogs don't gamble, but I enjoy the incongruity. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I am Shahir Dow. No, you're not. No, I'm not. I am Stephen Buja. Hello. Yes, we, we have the wondrous uh, Stephen Buja of many different fames here, <laughs> filling in uh, the absentee dad uh, shoes of Shahir Dowd. But uh, he is... A great father. He's a great father, but if this show was his child right now, I might call protective services because some people put their family or their visiting relatives or their children before you, the internet, about bitching or or complimenting film that we had nothing to do with. That, to me, is an irresponsible, uh, I, I guess, podcast father. Seriously priorities people i know right but steve thank you so much for filling in uh i i could not do this alone <laughs> no, uh, my pleasure and Always this the here. film that we're going to be talking about i mean the math checks out we have two people here in the room we do therefore we can be the only podcast about the film the accountant that sounds great yeah so that that's great. i'm, I'm glad you didn't plan for this it's just off the cuff yeah, and it's, I- it's like you know what maybe <laughs> i saw the movie maybe i didn't no we'll just, we, uh, we we it's all it's all planned the smoke and mirrors are gone um <laughs> But yeah, before we get into Ye old Accountant, let's do some housekeeping. Shahir all of a sudden, again, decided he didn't like the name housekeeping, which he gave it. But that's this segment. So but, what's it called? Administrative duty? Yeah, I guess. Look, if you guys like uh, the show or you have something to say to us, you agree, disagree, want to request a movie, you can get us at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can check out our still new but not brand new OnlyMoviePodcast.com where we have all of our stuff. And, uh, and I've been there. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's lovely. It looks all, it looks all, it's all Squarespace pretty. Um, uh, and then uh, if you like what you hear, iTunes, 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 please. I know we say this every week, but uh, we've been getting we've been getting some some, b- some bigger traffic these days. Uh, nothing crazy, but it would be amazing and help us further this little endeavor that we're doing. If you just go in there and drop us a, a five star review or however many stars you can spare, right. uh, we'd really appreciate it. And you can also see me and Shahir and some of the fan base arguing with each other on Facebook. So if you like. It, look, if your Facebook feed isn't full of enough vitriol, uh, why don't you have it at least about stuff that won't destroy our lives about movies? Right. Yeah. About the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how and Shahir's one-man quest to destroy it. I mean, he he is the Thanos of my timeline. But that's not what we're here to talk about, <laughs> Steve. No, we are here to talk about The Accountant, the new Ben Affleck action thriller directed by Gavin O'Connor that yes. came out uh, very recently. I yeah I so I saw the I saw the trailers for this a while ago, and um I was like oh so now Ben Affleck needs his Bourne that's my that was my immediate thought. yeah like Jason Bourne has finished up so now Ben Affleck's like you know what I got this Batman thing but maybe that won't work out so well so I should maybe get in on this like weirdly superhero spy thing that sure he's got going on. sure um. And so, I mean, normally, like a lot of these things, uh, a lot of the films we've had recently, Steve, we've sort of like, it's like been a film we've really been excited for, or there's a lot of history behind it. There's stories to the side of it. This one's just like a straight up review because I don't have any history. It's a brand new property. I don't don't have any history with any of the uh, the, (laughs) original movie. I know. Right. (laughs) I mean, but my my only history is like, I like Ben Affleck, who's in the film. I like Anna Kendrick, who's in the film. I love J.K. Simmons. Uh Wait, what'd you say? She's on my list. What's your list? The, the, the free pass list. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't think I've updated that since I was like 15, but I probably should. Probably. Th- the times they are changing. Uh, yeah. And I don't really have any, uh, I don't really feel like I'd, I'd go for Courtney Love anymore, uh, but that's just <laughs> yeah. me. No offense, Miss Love. Uh, 
Enjoy your life. Uh, and I like um, uh, the Punisher, John Bernthal. Bernthal, yes. And so I was glad to see that they were all in a movie together. And uh, I was I was oddly optimistic to go in. Now, based on everything you've seen in your in your lists and your likes, what what? How did you feel before you went in? I was looking forward to this. It seemed like an interesting take on the action thriller and uh, the character. I like Ben Affleck. <laughs> yep. the, the, the character he they were showing in the trailer seemed to be like an interesting one. Like, okay, he's this math genius is also this like badass super soldier sure. spy thing. Very, very interesting. So I was optimistic. Whenever you got Radiohead in the trailer, big fan. Anna Kendrick, obviously. The cast is great. Uh, I know, I know the director. He did Warrior, which is uh, a great film, right? Uh, Gavin to... Gavin O'Connor. Gavin O'Connor. Yep. And also, I'm also generally excited about action movies that are not based on something else. I have. I'm a big fan of originality, and while this is perhaps slightly derivative of just the genre, it's refreshing to see that it's not a sequel or some adaptation or a remake or a reboot or something like. That. Right. Yeah. So, um. I was optimistic. Yeah, as was I. Very much. So uh, I, speaking of Gavin O'Connor, it's funny because I know Warrior. Everyone, everyone loves Warrior. I never saw Warrior. Warrior's good. Um, good. And Shahir was talking about that and how I should see it. Uh, but I was never like familiar with any of his work. I never saw Warrior. Hell, I, did never, I didn't see Miracle. Miracle. Oh, he did Miracle too? Yeah. Oh, Miracle's great. You should see Miracle I, because it's about one of the guys from our college. No, it's not. Mike Aruzioni. I think that's his name. He is. He either went to Fitchburg at some point, or he is, or the actor playing him was from Fitchburg. I'm not entirely sure. There's some. There's co- a connection. There's a connection somehow that I remember people being very excited about. Okay. All right. Just, that's that's what. But that movie came out in what, 2004 or something like that. Um. We'll do some research on our own time. Okay. Uh, but yeah. So I mean, I didn't really know what to expect uh, right. coming into this. Yeah, he's he's not a like notable director. He does good stuff, but I would ca- call him more of a journeyman. He will get the job done, <laughs> which is fine. Which is which is totally fine. Sometimes you need that. And the this movie needed to get done, and it sure enough it did get done. Uh, I I too did not know what to expect. Was hoping for a decent action thriller. Yeah, I knew. I knew it seemed like it would not be as crazy over the top as, say, John Wick. I was. I was hoping for more of a Jack Reacher. I love Jack Reacher. I haven't seen way. Jack Reacher. Jack either. Reacher's great. And I'm so. Yep. I'm so looking forward to the sequel. Reacher's like, reaching again. <laughs> my first impressions are great premise, bungles the execution, and kind of limps to the ending, which disappointed me. Okay. Okay. Uh Spoiler alert. Disagree. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, the room just lit up. I, uh, maybe it's because I had low expectations, uh, but I really uh, enjoyed this film in its entirety. I have problems with parts of it. Of course, there yeah. are, there are issues, but I, uh, and, and, and maybe this is from a perspective of, I'm really disappointed in a lot of film in general lately, but especially like, especially this year. This yeah. This year was a little bit of a painful year for beloved, uh, franchises in particular, but like I, I, I walked in and I was like, okay, fuck. I was like, look, this is going to be okay. He has autism. Okay. Are they going to make this movie like his superpower is autism? Is that what it's going <laughs> to be? And it didn't. It it was it's a it's a superheroish spy movie, but the character right. happens to have autism. Autism is not his superpower, no. and they handle they handle uh, in the film his autism uh, in a very both 
I mean, I'm not an expert in the subject, but in what I found a respect, a respectful and interesting way, they give enough right. backstory and we'll get into it as we go through spoilers, but they give enough backstory to his character that explains, uh, why is he this super soldier? Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert has nothing to do with, with his autism. autism. Now, great. Well, kind, well, kind of, sort of, uh, kind the of autism sort of. doesn't give him super fighting right. powers. Uh, something happens in his past that his his father decides that people are going to treat him differently, so he needs to be able to handle Toughen himself. Up. Yeah. Um, also, I feel like I was just sort of uh, how do I put it? I, I I mean that was the big thing, right? I was glad that the autism was not like the radioactive spider bite, so I was really sort of happy about that. Uh, and also the the only the only thing I'll say that I had an issue with was there's sort of a secondary plot line of the movie where the yeah. Treasury Department is kind of uh is going after the accountant the or money police or <laughs> the money police or Christian Wolf is uh Ben Affleck with two F's. Yes. Yeah. I wrote that in all my notes. It says it. No. Um it's Not just like name. the movie with with kind of withholds information from the audience to then give surprise moments in this secondary storyline. Right. And that to me, I, I mean, I, I, I will, <sighs> we'll definitely get into this. I think I know where you're going. Yeah. I'm trying not to spoil stuff. That moment. Well, delivered great by JK Simmons, who, yeah, so it's it's J.K. Simmons. So that he's the he's the Treasury guy. His name's Ray King, and he has a protege slash person he's blackmailing. Uh, Mary right. Beth Medina, yeah. played by Cynthia Adali Robinson. Adai Robinson. Adai Robinson. Who, so I think so. J.K. Simmons is Commissioner Gordon in Justice League, and was Cynthia Adai Robinson? Was she Amanda Waller in Arrow and the Flash? I think she might. Oh, be. possibly. Yeah, that's entirely that name possible. Totally sounds familiar. So, but this particular scene is or story arc because they cut yeah, back yeah, to yeah. them it's throughout a, it's a it's a story arc and we're, we're gonna touch on it in a little bit it to me sort of grinds the movie to a halt because i while jk simmons is very interesting all the time she was amanda waller by she the way was, Just oh, checked yes yep. uh, and cynthia die robinson is actually very talented i really wanted to see all of this information Related to the character it is about, which is the accountant, which is Ben Affleck, Mm -hmm. and not necessarily delivering it in this way and for so long. It's a 10-minute scene that I'm like, oh, we could be focusing on something else. We could incorporate- Are you talking about near the end? I'm I'm talking about the scene. I'm talking about this this long speech. And I think there is a more organic way to incorporate this information- that does not involve just talking to the audience. Well, something, yes. Uh, uh, Here's an interesting thing I'll say with no spoilers, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. The editing, I like. Um, Granted, I think the scene that Steve is describing does go on a tad too long, but I'm talking about like the story editing in general. Basically, a bunch of different timelines uh, are sort of intercut throughout this to keep the audience more on its toes. It's it's a mystery, right? The movie is kind it's, of a mystery. Yeah, it's kind of a mystery. But the mystery about itself the, guy is. is probably, or even the mystery that he has to solve about like this money at this company that we're right, talking about. Right, which I didn't. Right, but that's the least interesting part. The mystery, so, it's, so it's funny. So the plot, the, the, the mystery that the plot presents that the accountant has to figure out mm-hmm. is less interesting than the mystery of how the accountant came to be. Right, and, his origin story. And you can tell that in the way that they cut together all of these scenes. The scenes are shuffled in a way. There's there's uh, Christian Wolf current. There's Christian Wolf 
younger and in jail. There's Christian Wolf, even younger as a child, dealing with his father and his brother. And then you have uh, the the this third the, the secondary story Ray of King. the of the Ray, Ray King and um, Medea uh, Medina yeah. Medina's uh, storyline. So they they shuffle the deck a ton, and at first I was like, this is all over the fucking place. Uh huh. Oh, and then uh, Brax, the the uh, the villain of the film, uh, is sort of yeah. uh, is Braxton. John, yeah, he's John yeah. Bernthal. Yeah, uh, he's shuffled in there too. So you're right. like, okay. But something I've been noticing, and 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 in films particularly, I saw a screener. I don't think I can say what it is yet, but uh, uh, a very prominent, uh, I would say, Oscar worthy film that's coming out um, later this year um, did something similar with its editing tone. And it's like this, I feel like it's almost like I'm seeing it more and more do stories like this, have the, have the editing basically assist with the mystery. The the narrator is no longer, uh, what's the word I'm looking for is no longer, you can't trust the narrator at this point. It's it's unreliable narration. Even you see it. I mean, you see it in Mr. Robot too. That's, that's more story driven based on the the train. So, uh, I like that style and I feel like it worked well here, though the specific scenes of uh, Ray King and all them doing their investigation um, is just sort of uh, it it goes on too long and it breaks up. There's other ways we could find out uh, sort of the, the not the past history of him as a child, but the current history of why the government's looking for him, which why the government's looking for him has nothing to do with the main mystery of the film. No, it really doesn't. And I thought that might tie together and it didn't. Uh, but it, it, it was, it was for, this was like a long episode of the show, the accountant, which is about a high functioning autistic, uh, math whiz slash super soldier guy who is called in to uncook the books on this robotics factory. And like, that's the mystery of that's like the procedure of procedural of the week. And the rest of rest of the time is spent with the larger mystery kind of like, I don't know, fucking lost or blind spot or something like that. Yeah. If you want a really simple description that doesn't really do it justice, you can go to IMDB. They say as a math savant uncooks the books for a new client, the treasury department closes in on his activities and the body count starts to rise. That is a, who does these things? I don't know, but I, I love I, highlighting I, them. I feel like you and should hear have this conversation. Like I know well, it's funny. Cause if you click synopsis on IMDb, you can get a longer one, but I'm a big fan of the one sentence synopsis. Right. And I love it even more when they randomly get it. Like when it's right. just a real, you're like, wow, like good job. But you can't like this film in particular, you can't describe its contents in one sentence. There's a lot to unpack in yeah. this film. And I will, I will give it that. I was never bored by this movie right absolutely i was like okay this is mildly interesting this is mildly interesting the editing as you say was good acting all around pretty spot on ultimately it sort of didn't add up to what i thought it was trying to do i just i don't know i i really liked it but let's get into spoilers okay so so basically the film opens um in an interesting fashion, there's a flashback, and you don't quite know whose eyes you're seeing through of this mob hit. Right. Uh, there's, there's a lot of action. We're following a set of feet. Yes. Through so literally, it's a battle. camera and feet going through this sort of like this brutal de uh, demolishing of a mob group. Right. Yeah. And uh, you're not sure exactly what you're seeing, who they're chasing, who's doing it, what the mob is, etc. Right. It just What's sort happening? of sets the tone. It's very confusing. And I was right, like. But- it's it's very confusing, and I I saw this movie at a theater that is known for lousy projection standards, 
And I thought, I think this is out of frame because I can't see who this is. Oh, you it's thought it, it wasn't? Yeah, okay. I, I, yeah. I, I thought they cut. I thought they like just cut off the uh, the character like at, at the top of the screen. <laughs> it, 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 took, it took me a little while to realize, no, this is the move. No, that's this, the this, choice. This, this, this is how they're doing it. Yep. Okay. We bet we're going to have to revisit this at some point. Yes. Um, oh, side note, before we keep going down what happens in this film, uh, much like the editing of this film, I might get some stuff out of order of like the chronology of the scenes we see. It's good. It's, I tried, yeah, it's I lot, tried yeah. remembering as best I could, but as we go through, it will get, uh, it might get a little dicey. So, and the next thing we sort of see after we're a little bit confused there is, we see uh, a young uh, child, uh, Christian Wolf, uh, and his family at a special center for mentally challenged children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's his family, his mother, his father, and his brother, whose his brother's around his same age, but I guess yeah. not, he does not, um, he doesn't have any, he's... Yeah, he's, he, he's, uh, he's neurotypical. Yes. Uh, he, th- so they're meeting with this very nice man who's like, you know, they're, he's, they're explaining the spectrum of autism that uh, Wolf is on and how, you know, he, he, you know, he just sees the world differently and that can be incredibly stressful and blah, blah, blah. And I thought that was very poignant. I thought it was good. And I thought there was good information. They explained it well. So the part that the first part that I, I didn't quite understand, and I guess I get it when you sort of learn a little bit more about his father was he's like the, the, the guy at the center is like, I'd really like to keep him here because, you know, in a safe, in a safe sort of, you know, environment to figure out the best way he communicates. And the father's like, look, the world's not safe. It's basically two different parenting styles. It's right. like one, you're going to nurture, uh, you know, and try to like figure out the best way for a person to deal with things. The other one's like, no fucker, this is how the world is. So you need to bend to the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they take uh, the, the Shahir doubt of parenting. Oh, I, I assume. I assume. wow. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. If I had an air horn, it would be blowing. Um, and uh, a little side note, he's putting together, Christian's putting together a puzzle uh, face down. Right. On this glass table. Uh, and he freaks out because he can't find the last piece. And this other little girl uh, who is at the center uh, for her own reasons, like finds the piece and gives it to him. And it's a nice little moment. And there's a beautiful shot. And I was hoping there'd be more shots like this in the film uh, later on. And if they were, they just sort of breezed by. But it was a very. So you actually see a shot from under this glass table as Christian puts the last piece of the upside down puzzle in. And it's uh, it's Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ali doing that the famous pose. And it puts it in like you see his face. It just covers it up. And I think that's when the title hits. Uh, I believe so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but also, for the record, they totally stole that from what? an episode of Salute Your Shorts back in the 90s. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Budnick. Right, that guy? Yeah, um, yeah, Budnick. Yeah, Budnick, he totally built a puzzle like that. Just upside down. Sure, but did he do it on a glass table that the shot got well, through? That's okay. what I was okay. impressed with. You know what? The TV standards back then for Nickelodeon maybe were not as good as, say, a motion picture nowadays. I, I mean, I disagree. Have you, have you seen Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, clowns are scary. <laughs> Guys, don't go in the woods if a clown is pointing you in that direction. Um, no more clowns, please. There's, yeah. They've been in the news too much. Uh, so <laughs> uh, then we see, uh, oh, then, yeah, the family said he can't stay there. Oh, then we see like a cut of like the mom like leaving the family that's later on a is little it bit, but the, in the chronology it, the mom right. leaves because she can't handle it and she, like she just can't she just can't she leaves and then it's just the father and the brother left yeah, alone and then christian or whatever his real i don't think we're ever given his christian real wolf is name. An, yeah it's not his real name we Chris, never find out his yeah, real name christian wolf is the name of their uh math famous mathematicians he takes yeah he are, takes aliases of those are his aliases yeah. uh he he was like completely freaking out. Like I can understand not wanting to 
uh, hand tackle that that problem, and there obviously is a breaking point. It uh, is horrible to say the least. You know, just like the mom, the mom's leaving, leaving. But I, in in some way, I do kind of understand because it's a lot. I mean, it's a big and responsibility. It, and, but I mean, you're you're in it at that point, in my opinion. Right, you, yeah. you 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 man up or woman up or however you want to put it. Uh, anyway, so she leaves, and then uh, yeah, you're right. I did that a little out of order. But what then? The first time we see adults, it's a long time till you actually see. Ben Affleck in this movie. Correct. Like adult Ben Affleck, right. not kid being young Ben Affleck. <laughs> right. And um, it is and it is mild mannered CPA. Ben oh Affleck, yeah. He's at Z Z Z accounting in some strip mall in, in Bumblefuck <laughs> wherever. <laughs> Ohio. Uh, um, and he's helping it's such an it's such a sweet scene, I thought, because he's helping this this older uh uh couple. They own a farm and their taxes are killing them. And he's doing like little tricks about like uh trying to like help them get the most deductions because they're nice right. people. And and he he does one thing where she he comments on um the woman the wife's necklace. He's like, Oh, uh, where'd you get that necklace? And she goes, Oh, I make them. Do you like it? And he goes, Not no. particularly. Where do you make it? And it's like he's right. so you do get you, you get a it? really good feeling of like, this is not a guy who um bothers or understands small talk. He's very blunt. He's going to do but he also is a kind person because as this scene goes on, he figures out the exact tax ways that the family can deduct maybe like twenty to twenty five percent of their square footage of their house because mm-hmm. it's her home office. She also has to drive the company vehicle to go buy beads that she sells these necklaces at county fairs. So like right. that set up to me like, okay, this is a guy who has zero social skills or bothers to have them, but he is altruistic and a kind person. Which is interesting given the description of him later and the fact and of all the stuff he does do in the film. Sure. I think but it's it's very it's very charming and Affleck plays it great. You know, Affleck, he may not be the most expressive of individuals. So I would say this role is, you know, he he this role plays to his strengths sure. a lot. Yeah. Which is which is which is good for him. Stoicism is his strong point. <laughs> yes. Uh so <laughs> uh and they're like, Oh, is there any way we can repay you? Thank you so much. You know, um, you know, you know We got a lake, you wanna go fishing? You gotta go fishing? He's like, I don't fish. He's like, I shoot. I shoot. And he's like, oh, great. Well, you can come shoot it on our land. Like, it's fine. And then you, like, see him later on, like, taking his, was that a 50 cal? It, it was some, like, it's a a huge aircraft. It's a huge <laughs> sniper rifle. And, like, he's shooting it from these melons from a mile away. And the farmer's like, he can't hit those things. He's just pegging them. And there's fun. So then you start to see his day-to-day. Yeah. Uh, his apartment that has like the one fork, the one spoon, and the one knife all lined up. You has he has a uh, a system of medication and also um, uh, habit and and um, right. ritual. He's, almost he's very precise. He has a, a regimen that he follows. Yeah, like he puts on metal music and he puts on a strobe light for like seventeen minutes and like does like uh, he yeah, like he, rolls yeah he rolls his shins which. Hurt. Which I believe, oh, uh, yeah. Hurt. So I've I've done that before for when I when I took kung fu and man that sucks. Yeah. So sucks. so you see that he's super like he's he has he has his system done out that right. lets him function the way he functions and, it, and it's like down to the minute yeah. that he he does this um and. So the then uh the regiment between oh it splits between his home that's right and the trailer. Ah, uh, yes, the trailer. So he has his house, right? This is, and I thought this was cool. This to me felt like a little bit cool in the sense that John Wick feels cool. Like there's a little bit of a world building. Oh, and he, uh, and he, uh, it, basically the, his home is his home and it's like his front for his normal life. And then he has mm-hmm. a storage unit 
which I swear looks exactly like the storage unit that our buddy Tom Ham holds the pieces <laughs> yeah. of the pirate raft for this pirate rafting trip we do in Maine every year. Um, regardless, he has a full trailer that's just big enough for one person that stores all of his passports, money, guns, etc. So it's like gold a, bullion. Yeah, yeah, a, a hookup trailer in a in a. Uh, in a storage unit yeah, so he can a, just pick it, up and leave whenever he wants in 12 minutes it's a very nice airstream airstreams are top of the line you should absolutely get one i'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting one airstream, in retirement sponsoring the only podcast about hey movies. get up and get the fuck out um <laughs> so then um and you, you i forget if you hear his handler yet so he has a handler right there's a voice on the phone a british woman a british woman who gives him who will get him the fuck out of Dodge if he needs getting out of Dodge and, and also give gives him, him assignments. Right. And Which, they, they, and because I believe at some point she says to him now, she's like, Hey, listen, um, you know, heat's kind of on right now for you. You need to take a legit gig or something like that. Right. right? And he's not something. like thrilled about it, but he said, cool or something. One of them, something. one of them he, wanted he, and he one get, of them he, didn't. He gets recommended for the eventual m- main plot. Yes. Of the movie where in which he's uh, having to do actual accounting for this um, science firm. Yes. Uh, on the on the subject of the voice, there's a great reveal towards the end of who the voice is, which I which I liked. It still confused me because I was wondering how the person on the other end gets the information. Well, we'll talk about um, that. Yeah, we'll talk about but, that. So then we cut away to uh, Ray King and Medina. Uh, at the Treasury Department, and Ray King, obviously played by J.K. Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, and, and I assume he is uh, going to upsell her on some farmers insurance. Bum, but um, bum, 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 bum. Uh, <laughs> no, instead. <laughs> so she's a. Um, her character is a up and coming uh, analyst for the Treasury Department, Department, and he reads off her like entire like you know uh, you know you've done great, you did this, you did that, and the other thing, and he's like, thanks so much, and then you find out that. She, she while she did all those great things, she completely lied about her college, and she used to be kind of a thug. No, no, no she. Uh, I I don't think she lied about college. I think everything on it, but she never said she was convicted of a crime because her records are sealed. And I think maybe you don't have to say that you are you were guilty of something if your records are sealed because you were a minor at the time. So Ray King, I'm pretty sure is doing something wildly illegal. Well, that's the thing. So there's this whole thing where he basically guilts her. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, I saw you did some time here. Did that. Oh, you have a nine millimeter tattooed on your pelvis. And I'm like, what is happening? I was like, yeah. what? And 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 it kind of, it kind of bugged me because, and I'll explain why I kind of got okay with it later. But in the moment, I was like, so you're blackmailing this woman to do the job you could just have her do because you're her senior. Yeah, I was wondering about that myself. And there's a, a small payoff to it and why I think he does it that way, but it just sort of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, okay, so you're going to take the only, other than Anna, uh, Anna Kendrick, uh, female character, okay. and the only African-American character, and basically like be like, you're past as fuck, you lied, and now you're mine. And I was like, okay. Uh, yeah, this is awkward. It's the most convoluted plot. Unnecessary, I will say. You could have just... Since the Django trying to buy 
the wife thing, which just ridiculous. Right. So, uh, I mean, there's a million sort of simpler ways that could have been done. I have an idea why they did it that way, but you know, you never quite know. I, th- I think they did. There are a lot of, there are much more simpler ways to do basically everything in that storyline, <laughs> but they do it, I think, simply to pad out time. I don't know. I This is one of those films, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that I feel like I will go back and watch again. I don't think I will. I want to check. Well, this is the thing. It's so complicated, but still so competent that I feel like all of the questions that I have, I bet you are answered in here. I could be wrong. I could be a hundred percent wrong. And I just sort of liked it enough to give it a pass or maybe it hit at the right time. Cause the rest of original shit is garbage. <laughs> so like, you know what I mean? So, but that is, I will watch it again to see, and maybe upon watching it, I'll be like, Oh no, they didn't know what mm-hmm. they were doing. And they have all these plot points, but in holes, but like, I don't know. I, I want to give it that second shot. Okay. That's fair. Um, so uh, then we cut to Wolf. Oh, he's going to the uh, Lamar Black, played by um, John Lithgow. Yeah. Uh, he has a robotics company with his best friend and his sister, I believe, are the three yeah. people on the board. Uh, and they're losing money, and they don't know where the money's going. And he's hired uh, to... Christian uh, Wolf is hired to look at the books and figure it out. And he's going through 15 years of financial documents. Right. He was also recommended by someone who was super shady, like a big time drug dealer out of the country or right. something like that. Because because it's important to know uh, one of the things we failed to mention is that Christian Wolf is the accountant to the world's terrorists, to cartels, to bad men doing bad things who have large amounts of money to move and need their books cooked or cash moved somehow. So Christian Wolf, while he helps out cute, kindly Illinois farmers, he is not really a good guy, but it's weird also because he has such odd social um, anxiety, social, you know, social issues. it's, It's almost like he exists outside of morality which is still weird, especially towards the end, which I have some problems with some of the actions he takes that I, there's a certain, it paints him in a very gray way throughout the film. Uh, And eventually you find out there's a Robin hood aspect to it, but is that enough? I, 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 did I, did I miss something? Did I miss a point where like he does the books and then suddenly the feds get the, the IDs of all these people and they are taken away. Well, actually, actually there is a moment. There is a moment like that. Again, we'll get to it guys. I'm sorry. There's a lot of, we'll get to it, but this movie (laughs) is so weirdly complex. Uh, and, really not, is. And, 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 and I'm not saying like complexes in like there are, are themes in it that you just won't understand. No, like this is a very straightforward film with its its storytelling. There's not there's not a lot of um, subtlety once you get through the complexity. Certainly not <clears throat> at the end. Um, yeah. So just bear with us while we try to go through this with you. This is this is going to be you're going to you're going to get your meal and desserts coming. I promise. Mm. So. Uh, after he, oh, and this is where we introduce Anna Kendrick, AKA Dana Cummings, who was, um, a, who was the uh, in-house accountant who discovered that there was some discrepancy. That's and, why he was hired in the first place, blah, right. blah, blah. And she offers his help. He doesn't want it. They have a She's couple. adorable. Yeah. It has a couple of fun interactions. Uh, and you get like, that's where the quote from the beginning of the thing where like they were, they were talking about art and like, she's right. like, was making fun of her dad for having a dog's playing poker thing. And he's like, I like it. And he's like, she's like, Oh, yeah, because dogs would never gamble. I love their chemistry together. I think they're great. Uh, there, there's a, there's, there's this wonderful, like, so this movie, I will, I will admit 
is very funny. There were a yeah. lot of there were a lot of laughters because of the awkwardness of Ben Affleck playing off perky and fun Anna Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's this great scene uh, which which we're coming up on where Ben Affleck is he's right he's writing stuff down on the wall on the whiteboard and then he goes to the wall and the glass wall and he's figuring out all the math and it's like good he's figuring out the books. He it, does it in one night. Does it in one night, fifteen years, and then he, he when he's talking to Anna Kendrick. The, the light switches on and he's suddenly charming. Like this is the Ben Affleck. We know this is the guy who plays Bruce Wayne. He's like fun and engaged. And you're like, Oh, I like this. I like this choice. Well, because interesting. This is what he gets excited about. And this is his, he's in his wheelhouse. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. So he's talking to this person who he kind of wanted nothing to do with at first, but like she's seeing what he did and understanding it. So they're getting excited together about it. Yeah. Um, which is a, which is a nice moment to see. So you can sort of see a little bit of a connection there between those two. Yeah. Um, but I think before then we are introduced to another character. Braxton. Braxton by John Bernthal, the Punisher. Great scene with him as an introduction. Yes. Uh, yes. He's basically ends up in some, like he, (laughs) some basically douchey looking business guy comes out of a building and, uh, he goes to get in his car, but someone parked really close on the driver's side. So he can't. So he's like, ah, and he has to go and climb through the passenger side. And then right away, uh, Brax gets in the car and basically starts threatening him. Yeah, and the, like, and, but he's so charming about it. Yeah, basically it's telling great. him, it, and it's another. It's interesting. It's it's a similar vein of like violence, but for better ends as the accountant. So like he's he's basically threatening this business guy who upped a bunch of prices on, or at least yeah, like, he, uh, he was shorting stock on multiple companies, and so but it, you know, and, and Brax was only there for one, and when he's like, which one? I do a lot of companies. He's like, oh wow, I guess you should stop doing it on all of them then, right? And he has a, there's a great moment because he has a gun and the guy, the douchebag businessman is like, that gun make you feel like a big man. And Brax just puts the gun down on the on the dashboard and like continues his talk. And it just keeps hitting him. Yeah, he keeps punching him. He's like, why are you letting me punch you in the same spot? <laughs> it's just like it was very cool. And I was like, I like this as a foil. Yes. Um. So we're introduced to him. And you, again, at this point, you don't really know. I don't know what's happening. Anything. What's, but it's all. This is my point. It's interesting. It's interesting enough where you're like, I'm going to keep watching this. Not because any particular plot is like, I need to know why these books are leaking or I need to know the history of Christian Wolf or what that mob hit had to do or where, why is he blackmailing the treasury lady? Mm-hmm. None of that is gripping enough to make you care. What What is, I guess this is a credit to more the filmmakers than the script is how they make it and how they show you these characters. It's very enjoyable to watch them engage with one another. Uh, and that's not, that's, and, and it's very strange. We're like, oh yeah, all the character interactions are great and they're strong enough where the subpar plot, you're like, eh, all right, let's just yeah. keep going. I enjoy, you know what? Watching talented, handsome people, handsome, beautiful people act on screen. It's kind of a joy. You understand why, you know, there were like, you know, the, the, the big name Hollywood actors, you know, the golden age of star of stardom, why they, they were the big draws. Ben Affleck is a charming and handsome and uh, surprisingly talented dude. And I like, I like watching him. Uh, he was surprisingly talented. He was the best part of Batman versus Superman. No, I know. No, I've always liked Ben Affleck. I, it's, I've when, 
even back in the day when when he was announced as Batman, I was like, oh, older Batman. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes yeah. total sense. And everyone was making fun of him and like Batfleck and like all this shit and like like really like ribbing on him for taking the role and doing it. And I was like, how? You're like, you know, he'll, he'll be great. He'll be great at it. Like yeah, right. Ben Affleck is sort of built to be Batman. And I know yeah. we he's were coming. He's certainly, he, he certainly built to be Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And like, look, I, the Dark Knight trilogy is great. Yep. Not going to take anything away from that, but Christian Bale is good in it, but he was never the sort of like super strength of those films. No, Christopher Nolan and uh, obviously Heath Ledger for the second one. Right. They right. were the, they were the draws. Absolutely. And uh, if I, if I, if I may say Ben Affleck was the bomb in phantoms, <laughs> you're the bomb in <laughs> phantoms, yo. <laughs> applesauce bitch so I, I don't know i've every time someone like puts affleck down i'm like dude won an oscar for writing when he was uh, 20 20 size. early 20s dude won an oscar for being around matt damon when matt damon was writing the script of goodwill hunting let's be real I don't know. I know. I've, actually, I'm actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure Ben Affleck helped. It's just, it's just fun to think because he had such a bad run of movies. He after did, that. and maybe that's why he has the bad rep. But I don't know. I just, what was the first time I saw Ben Affleck, and I was like, this guy's dope. I was like, I guess Phantom's really. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't Reindeer Games. I mean, he was great in Chasing Amy. Yes. Yes. He's great. Anyway, and uh, and he is a incredible director, and I'm so, I'm very much looking forward to his Batman movie. Yes, I, I mean uh, uh, Argo was phenomenal. Argo's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, shameless plug. We talked about it on Oscar Watch. Oh yes, totally, Steve totally holds up. Steve has in an alternate dimension it. another uh, podcast which I don't think talks about movies, but it is called Oscar Watch. Yeah, and uh, you guys should check that out uh, whenever you're visiting alternate timelines. Absolutely. Anyways, uh, back to the movie. So. Where the fuck were we, Steve? I, um, uh, I so, okay. Uh, oh, and we also see somewhere on the line that Brax kills uh, Black's fr- best friend, the, the, the co-owner of the, the robotics C- the company. CFO. The CFO. The CFO. Kills him, uh, but makes it look like a suicide. Right. After the great scene about him like threatening his wife and then being like, actually, I don't want to threaten your wife. That's all, like that sort of. Yeah, it not- makes it. It's, it's ugly and I got to have to do this. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fine. And, uh, and so then with the death of his best friend. Uh, Mr. Black, who is of the, the the president of the robotics company, decides to call off the thing because basically, and this was a little bit convoluted too. Very. He decides that he doesn't want to keep looking into it because all of the data is pointing to a leak of someone in the company like selling its own shit and then buying it back and then somehow making money off that interaction. Right. And it all looks like the dude that Brax just killed, the best friend, the CFO. And uh, John Lithgow's character, uh, Black, he he's like, I feel so guilty that, that my company and him doing this in my company drove him to the guilt of killing himself that I just don't want to keep looking into this. I just don't want to do it. And so he erases all the work. Uh, he has these people erase all the work and, uh, Christian freaks out. Like he can't handle, it's the same thing with the puzzle piece in the beginning because the job is because the job's not done. He hasn't finished the puzzle yet. Uh, and this is where we sort of see his decline for a bit. Uh, Yeah, a little bit, but then there is, um, some of Braxton's goons, they get, I forget, I forget how they get wind that Christian is around and snooping and snooping where he shouldn't be. So they're go there. They want to threaten him. And he just, and that's, and this is when we start seeing Christian who he really is. He goes ham on these guys. Right. Really, so yeah. And really even before this, and this, I don't even remember why the Brax and his people start going after Christian and Dana. It was to clean up them. Look like someone, 
it's not well explained as to why, or at least right. I don't remember. And then once the big re- one of the reveals at the end, who the bad guy really is, uh, it's super obvious once you start going through it. Right. Um, there, aren't, there aren't that many candidates. Left. Sure. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, in this thing, we start seeing uh, Christian's routine fall apart. We start seeing more flashbacks yeah, right. of his right. of his uh, his history and the way his father treated him, His the way that his father, you know, made him like sort of like fight other kids that were picking on him to try right. to like make them make him tougher. Yeah. Then Teach it comes a lot. And yeah indonesia and like that's that was the weirdest part so there's a scene like we're cutting back and forth we sometimes see christian in prison older like talking to another dude yeah talking uh, to uh what's his face from arrested development yeah the uh the the father bluth um yeah. why am i blanking on his name oh um uh, um, uh, Je- uh jeffrey tambor yeah jeffrey tambor uh, uh he plays francis silverberg uh who is a uh book cooker to the black market stars who was also in prison and taught uh in his time there right christian everything he knew by the way what was what was that prison doing it didn't look like they had cell no that prison that was a that was it they explained it a little bit so that prison was somewhere he was moved to once they figured out exactly how smart he was and basically that's where they keep all of the like hyper intelligent criminals that can then do Uh, black ops for the government so it's like like it's it's, it's a comfy prison so so it's like the suicide squad holding pen but a comfy prison. It's made to make them sort of happier so they'll do the, they, they okay. can do the work. All right. Um, uh, that wasn't explained. It was explained very briefly and not too adeptly. So you see all these scenes and then you see that scene in Indonesia where like a young, tiny kid, Ben Affleck is training with a guy in Thailand and the father's there and like, they're like, keep going. And it's like, I was like, whoa, I was like, this is a little, like everything so far has been like on the line <laughs> yeah. for me. That's the only time this film had one foot over the shark, and thank God it was only there because then I could just have it, well, it eventually well, pulled it, it back. It, well, it was it was said again briefly. This the movie, especially the J.K. Simmons plot, serves as basically one big exposition machine for yes. for this thing. But it was explained that Ben Affleck's dad, military w- man, military man, was a he was like some high ranking officer in the uh, in psyops and psychological yep. warfare operations. So he would probably have connections for a lot of this sure and they stuff. moved they moved 36 times in a year it's set up in right the beginning. yeah like 36 times over 16 years yeah or something like that yeah so uh anyway so you see a bunch of that shit uh and then due to some reason we're not quite sure plot uh no but there I, I feel like there was an explanation of this i just it went it, by so quick that i don't a, remember a lot of the explanations for this movie take place after the fact sure so then the assassins are now coming uh for uh christian and dana uh because they know about the leak at the company yes so the first there is a leak but not necessarily who the leak is although they start figuring it out somehow and then so they the the bad guys set a trap for christian at the farm the the nice farmer's farm Mm -hmm. again i don't remember why they knew about the farm i think they tracked him to the the Zia Kelling, I don't fucking know. And so they they hold the farmer and his wife hostage, and he comes and just wrecks shit because he's shooting out in the in the field. He, right. That was the dumbest thing of the hitman's part. Like, yeah, let's go. I don't know. Maybe they didn't know, but they're like, right. call him in, and he I just he lights was, them he up. He was firing a fifty cal gun. Like you, can he hear takes that. out two cars' engine blocks. Oh yeah, he just he just shoots it. Just he's holding this thing like it's nothing. Like there's no kick on this thing whatsoever. Yeah, it was it was um, <laughs> they were cool sequences, and then uh, the they second were, they were cool. I kind of wanted them to be cooler. I don't know, just it's something about. I liked them because they weren't. Look, nothing in this film from a action standpoint is so over the top that it's inconceivable. Okay. 
there are things that happen in a couple of the Bourne movies, uh, in obviously Jack Reacher and um, and John Wick that are, yeah, are that are insane. insane, which is great. And John Wick, I think, kind of leans a little more into reality, just with the the type of stuff as far as the gunplay and with the fights, all the headshots. I mean, it's you're right. Uh, and, and this one actually, whenever, whenever Christian uh, kills somebody, he always does the double tap. Yeah, he double, he double taps. Um, anyway, so I, I actually liked how, uh, how not reserved, just restrained these, like he never, he never did anything with the flourish. That was, I think that's where the difference of this action movie and other things, because the, the character would never do something flourishy. He just going to, he's going to do the most efficient thing mm-hmm. possible. Okay. That's how I took it anyway. So, so then uh, he has to go rescue Dana because they're going to go for Dana as well. Right. Also on the way, his handler calls him and tells him not to go for Dana. Like, this isn't worth it. You need to disappear. You've been discovered. Blah, blah, blah. And he says no. So he goes to rescue Dana and takes out. And I love how they sent like nine guys there, but two guys just to take care. I guess they just right. thought he was an account. I don't know. Well, well. Well, you know they they had they had a big box to put Anna Anna Kendrick in. They're like, oh, we should have brought a smaller box. Oh yeah, she they, looked tall. I'm like, yeah. Anna Kendrick is okay. She's they uh, very tiny. They um, the, it was the the people were disguised as businessmen and like UPS men that were going right. to go kill her and then take her body out of the out of the building. Yeah, she puts up a fight. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And but, then, but you know, uh, there was the, the, there was something I've been noticing ever since my wife uh, brought it up. There is a lack of in movies recently. There's a lack of pausing to consider your situation in films these days. Anna Kendricks just sees a couple of dudes get shot in the face by this accountant uh, guy that she just met. And she's totally fine with everything. In fact, the next scene is her, is her talking about the plot of the stolen money as if nothing just happened, as if her (laughs) apartment wasn't just destroyed. And there are now these, two bodies there that I assume get dealt with somehow by the voice on the other end of the phone. I, for a movie that's moving that fast and and it moves very quickly, I'll give it that a little bit of just stopping to reflect on, holy shit. I'm not, I can't handle this because reasons or to explain why I can handle this for reasons I think would have been appreciated because I wanted more of Anna Kendrick in this. I get that complaint. A lot of places. I understand it. I think it's valid. This film. I don't mind it as much because a, I don't think that scene with Anna Kendrick freaking out for a minute, not knowing anything and him trying to explain it, but not being able to because of his specific condition and like all this other stuff. I don't think that would really in an already sort of, I think the proper length, if not a little too long of a film, I don't think that would add anything for me other than time. Also, the way they set up all of these characters, um, you know, major and minor, and it's just, and it's a tone issue, is they just sort of like everyone in this film rolls with the fucking punches. It's not how any right. actual person would function. But everyone in this film, whenever something extreme or crazy happens, there's like the look of like, oh, my God. And then they kind of roll through it because it's a it's a breakneck pacing sort of thing of what's going on. So, yes. Would she have become more of a of a human character in this film that then it would make more logical and psychological sense that she would like freak mm-hmm. out and like we'd have to have a talk in a scene and blah, 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 blah. Sure. Uh, but because no one else in the film does it, I feel like the lack of it matches the tone of everything else in the film, and it's easy just to go by. An example, 
uh, that I think doesn't work, even going back, is Ghostbusters. A lot of times, like, everyone new was just old the one. new one. New one. Okay. Like, there was the thing when all of a sudden people were just cool with stuff, but then some people were, some people weren't. Right. It felt tonally odd. The Bill uh, Murray thing to suddenly. Right. Yeah, it's just like, and the dead dude. So I don't know. Like, it, there's. Yeah. So here I didn't mind it, though I do think it is a problem in films that set themselves up as more serious fare. Right. This film was setting itself up as serious. And I think if it had taken these small beats to get inside the head of a lot of like a lot of the characters, I think it would. I think it, it would have improved. Yes, here's what I'm saying. I agree. I disagree with it all partially, but I agree with it wholly in the sense of they could have taken time away from other places I thought were extraneous and given every character more moments like this, and it would have been a better film. Just giving Anna Kendrick one and no one else one would feel so out of place for me that it would almost feel like she's way more of the audience cipher that that than she was supposed to be. Mm. So I think it's a global issue of the film. If that's what you're looking for, it doesn't do. It. Could it be made better if they did that a lot? Yes. In yeah. one specific instance, I don't really and think could, so. And could Hollywood do a better job? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? This is why we're here. Uh, if they couldn't do a better job, we'd just be like, this movie was great. What video games are you playing? Uh, so, um, so they go to a nice hotel. There's a little bit of a sort of romantic moment that goes exactly the way I wanted it to. Which was great. Yeah. AKA I, I nowhere. I appreciated the restraint. Um, but I appreciated the, the, the chemistry, the yes. acknowledgement that there is attraction there, but Christian can't, he just can't. It's not as, he, that's he, not who he is. Yeah. Not a strong suit. Okay. So back to the treasury department. Oh my God. Uh, uh, this is so Medina now has a, uh, tape of the mob hit thing from the beginning of the film. Uh, and through the magic of audio science, which fuck, if I had that, if oh I had that God. stuff, uh, I would never have problems. Like actually dear listeners last week, I mentioned, I meant to mention this in the beginning. We had an audio glitch in the middle of our birth of a nation thing. There's a little bit of skipping, uh, when our wonderful guest Ramon was speaking. Um, and I apologize for that. Normally that doesn't happen, but if I had had this technology that apparently can find voices in otherwise not existing right. audio files with, with just like a click of a button or a little, little slide that dial slider. It's like, Oh, processing. Clearly I can, I can isolate audio processing like that. Yeah. That's not and, how it works. And then, um, that basically you hear someone with perfect cadence, pitch and tone, uh, saying the poem of Solomon Grundy. Okay. Right. Which I honestly didn't know was a poem. I thought it was a, is that a Batman villain? It is. And that's <laughs> what I was going to say. DC Easter egg. What? What? Also, again, going back to the theater, the theater I was in has kind of lousy sound. Sounds like I, you shouldn't go to this theater. This this theater is being bu- was bought by the Nighthawkins. It's going to be awesome in like a year. Well, I'm very excited. All right. About well, it. yeah, I, I'm excited actually, too I in actually, a year. I actually didn't quite hear the Solomon Grundy thing. I was also unfamiliar with the poem. So okay. I didn't pick it up. Maybe, maybe it'll come out the same time as she hears robot music video. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> I feel like we've been talking for 30 minutes and I hadn't shit on my absentee co-host. So I felt yeah, like we had to go. But there. that, but that scene, that this scene to me dragged on a lot because a, it was ridiculous yeah. and B it was such and like and like then the scene that comes afterwards where like we have to identify people with the math names felt yeah don't care don't care felt silly and an extent like an extended Abby on NCIS scene and I th- and I and I'm pretty sure what with the body count coming up you're racking up there was 
a more straightforward way of figuring things out. Sure. It was basically meant to say, hey, Medina's pretty smart. She sees connections that aren't that aren't apparent. If only they gave her more to do. Seriously. Um, so so this is where the film loses me a little bit, but gains me back near the end. I just want to kind of breeze through some points okay. that happen. Uh, and please correct me because there's a lot of things I'll be like, oh, for reasons. If you know the reasons, Steve, please. I will. Also, sure. listeners, uh, only movie podcast at gmail.com. If you see this movie and you know the reasons for things that I'm like, I don't know. I'd like to <laughs> know them because uh, I won't be able to see this probably until it comes out on VOD. So in a month. Uh, oh, come on. Start. I, I was able to see Star Trek Beyond on a plane recently and that came out. Planes come out earlier than VOD. Well, still. Anyway, um, uh, so Christian goes for some reason to the apartment of the sister of the head of the electronics company. Right. Um, he suspects her to be the one. To be the one maybe who's in head of, of everything. But then she's dead and she, they have an interaction with Brax where they don't actually see each other. There's a shot fired and they have to run away. That was actually kind of cool. It was neat. Um, and then uh, they figure out who he actually is over at the Treasury Department and they start going through his home. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was it's neat. You get to go see it, all the sensors. And he had a minigun in the front that was behind <laughs> yeah. a curtain. I thought that was really fun. A great, um, a great laugh worthy moment. Again, it, it found humor in the situation, which yeah. I appreciate. And again, throughout this entire time, we're flashing back to adult Christian in prison, learning more things from Silverberg. And we're flashing back to what happened to Silverberg. They apparently like let him go and didn't finish no, a promise. No, no, they, that, that isn't its own separate flashback. That comes very soon where, Shall we get into it? We're with, um, yeah, we're with, beyond with, things. Uh, with King and Medina. They're in Christian's room, and this is where this this to me is where the film starts to lose me. This is where King just sits down, puts his feet up, and is like, "All right, audience, I'm going to tell you the plot of the movie." And right, it, and it's a ten minute long exposition scene, which again, when it's delivered by J.K. Simmons, sure, Academy Award winner J.K. <laughs> Simmons, mind you, it's. It's great. He's wonderful to listen to. He has great cadence, great everything. But it's so long and it's it's so convoluted that they go, they flash back and then they flash back to before the flashback. So you catch up to the beginning of the first flashback. But then we go back even further for the reasons that explain why Jeffrey Tambor was in prison and what happened to him afterwards. And it becomes... That this one I'm starting like okay you were juggling a lot of plates and now you're starting to lose them a bit and I this the scene just just it killed the momentum we were like okay also you out. also you learn that uh, King was actually not even though he's the director of this like task force at the Treasury he is also not good at his job he's not uh, he lucked into what after he had this interaction with. Um, Christian, where he basically at the end of this mob, you find out that Ray King was the, the, the was the video you were seeing, yeah, just the, the, the perspective at the at very the, beginning of the, the film. Beginning of the film yeah. And uh, you find out that after the uh, Christian kills all the mob people, he goes up to him and he asks him who he is. And then he asks him, he says, I'm a father. He's like, are they grown people, kids? And he's like, yeah, yeah, they're both grown. It's a gun to the back of J.K. Simmons' head. And, and, and Christian asks, are you a good father? Were you a good father? He's like, yeah. He's like, I screwed up a lot of shit, but that's something I did right. Yeah. So he lets him live. So then that... And that establishes their relationship because now King is getting calls from tips the from vo- the British woman from the voice and basically and- letting him know where all of these like intricate like drug and gun and human trafficking things are from these big people. And right. he's treating Some- it as if he's done it all like his Tim and his team have done it. And so he climbs the ladder quickly at the Treasury Department and then he basically 
is grooming uh, Medina to replace him because he's retiring. And I think this is why I, what I was saying before, I think the reason he does the whole blackmail thing and lets her know that he knows about her checkered past is that he's a fraud and he has a checkered past and he's wants her to continue in the same way that he did. So he's trying to set her up in the exact same way that he was set up to succeed because he knows, even though he's a fraud, he's doing a lot of good with the help of this mysterious accountant. What I don't understand is why he's even looking for the accountant unless it's just to train Medina. Yeah, to get to get her involved somehow. In which case, I feel, I feel like at some point, the, if the, when the voice calls you, you can just tell him like, "Yo, take your feet off the ch- the furniture." <laughs> right, that's what she says. Which, you know what? Explaining that, I think you may be kind of triggering memories of this movie that may be turning me around on its morality. And that's maybe perhaps creating a more rosy picture. So I think the way the way Christian Wolf's world works, and this is how I think it goes. He goes and he cooks all these books for major, major people and that major criminals. Mm -hmm. And then after a set amount of time as to keep his anonymity, he has his handler, the British woman, basically give (laughs) the information that he's discovered to the proper authorities. Now, this is a plan that won't work forever, because if it did then all these these companies would probably learn that they shouldn't use him. There'd be a connection. But also there's the thing like, well, the Yakuza's not going to tell the fucking triad right. shit. So like, you know, it, it could just go on forever. And he Robin Hoods and he doesn't keep any of his money. He launders it through all the businesses in ZZZ Accounting Strip Mall. And then he... Uh, he gives it away to charities for mental health issues. Yeah, he, 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 he gives it away to the one, well, one of the biggest benefactors is yeah, the original the place original that place. he was brought. So, okay. so that's why nice I think his morality guy. is fine. And it, and, and it seems so appropriate for a character who's, who's, whose interaction with the world is so different from ours based on perception. This seems like to me for his character, something that's incredibly it's moral to a, to a binary standpoint. Right. Like, yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff that's happening in the interim, but in the end, the, 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 you know, the means or the cause justifies the means in a weird yeah. way. So it's just funny. Yeah. And it's justify the means. So that's what I think about that, but we're running low on time. So I'm going to speed through okay. the we rest got, of we got what a, happens. We got a, cu- a couple of reveals. Yeah. Uh, reveal one, you find out that John Lithgow's the bad guy because everyone else is dead and who the fuck else would it be? The rich white guy, of course. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you find out that he turns his house into a fortress with Brax and his military guys because reasons. Because reasons. And cool fight scene. Cool fight scene at the place. And he, uh, Christian's killing all the dudes. And then he runs into Brax. And you realize, oh my God, they're brothers. It's the brother from the original. Right. Because I think we actually failed to mention there was, there was, there was the brother there. The brother's been training this entire time. But the relationship we've been focusing on in these flashbacks, and this is what pisses me off, was the father. We, I don't think Christian and Brax ever actually interacted beyond fighting the dude. And they were they were together through the father's sort of all of his fuckery. Right. And so, oh, and how, sorry, how he actually got, uh, how Christian got uh, arrested was, this is important for the Brax storyline, is Jesus Christ this is so convoluted. Uh, basically, um, the father, the military father and Christian go to the funeral service for uh, his ex-wife and Christian's mother, mother, who has a completely new family now. And right. then all of a sudden they don't want them there. A fight breaks out and someone shoots a gun. Yeah, the... 
guard at, at the funeral home shoots she's, a gun at Christian and and, it, and the it, dad jumps in the way and then Christian is arrested and that's how he goes to jail right and get and gets it that, gets now put once in the system. once Brax yeah go what were you yeah. saying I um and so so Brax is on his own he's off doing doing his own thing this relationship is supposed to be it's a big twist it's a big twist big surprise I whispered. I, have, I whispered twenty minutes into this movie to Robin. Me too. And I said, "Well, not to Robin." I said, <laughs> "What?" what? Uh, <laughs> I said, "If he, if if Brax turns out to be his fucking brother, I'm going to flip my shit." Did you flip your shit? No. But well, I did it first okay. because they have this moment and where they're like, they do the whole like classic movie thing where like you should, you know, I hate you kind of thing. Right. And the but reason he, the reason he hates him is because at first he's like, "Why did you go to see her? She left us." Like that she was an awful person. And then I was like, oh, okay, I don't really buy that. But then he says something else about like, you shouldn't have gone with him. You should have gone with me. Right. Cause they have this sort of mutual like Stockholm syndrome with their father. Uh, and what happens at the very end of this, of this action sequence is they've been fighting each other, fighting each other, fighting each other. But then like it calms down and uh, uh, what's his name comes in the room, the evil guy, John Lithgow. John Lithgow and in the middle of a conversation, uh, Wolf just kills him. Just shoots him. Shoots him in the face. Problem because with that. You have a problem with that? I have a problem with that. Because, okay, John Lithgow, he handled the situation poorly. Don't worry wrong. He was stealing from his own company. Weird. Um, you know, illegal, whatnot. He, I do genuinely believe him when he said, I am doing good work here. And this money will help me put, give uh, amputees robot arms, which by the way, I was totally missed out on having a robot arm fight. And so <laughs> I think and that so, would have ruined a couple so, things. And, no. And so going by the, going by this Robin hood esque thing. Okay. He, he, he has people killed terrible. The greater good I think is for him to be alive or at least arrested because now I think the company is, in shambles and these people aren't going to get their arms. Yes, I can see that. Uh, but also I think it fits within the character. Look, this dude went after him and a couple people that he cares about on a personal level after hiring him to do the exact job he did. And I, and, and I understand he needs to, he needs to finish it. This, yeah. this is the end. This is the final piece of that yeah. puzzle. He needs so yes, you can look at it from me. that more. I, you know, me. I'll give you that. Yeah, that's but, fine. But going back to the Braxton thing, they never developed the brother relationship at all. And so suddenly I actually thought be, it was fine. I, I, I think they could have spent more time developing that than say focusing on the uh, treasury agents. I, yes, of course. But I also think the more time you spend with the brother, the more you realize that he's going to be Brax at the end, even though oh, we, you, you and you, I kind I, of did, you figure it out. I don't know if I, everyone I don't, would, I don't figure things out in movies all that much. Even I was like, Oh, he's totally all right. He's well, totally the well, brother. what I will say about this is the way it sort of handles at the end, they sort of like leave each other and he's like, hey, you know, I really would like to be a part of your life or whatever. And he's like, can I get a hold of you in a week? And they're like, yes. And they like walk away like that moment in the evil brother is the villain thing in films never happens. It doesn't happen like that ever. And I was very really. refreshed to see that ending with it. He doesn't kill his brother. It's not a big thing. They realize who each other's are and that they're more, they're the most important two people in this entire equation to one another. They're the, they're the person. Yeah. So no one else matters in this situation. And he finishes his job and the end. And he basically goes and he, uh, he goes and he, Oh, he sends Dana a painting. He collects paintings as payment sometimes. And he has original Pollock that she saw once it's actually, uh, it's actually hides it in dogs playing. 
of poker. the most secure form of payment on the black market. Yes. That and diamonds. Yeah. So uh, she, he, he sends her a package, which I thought, this is something I'll say, I thought she was oddly accepting of another person walking in with a UPS box. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I was like, how do you not have yeah, shell shock yeah. on this? Or so uh, he gives her a dog's playing poker painting, but he, she peels it away and she sees that it's the actual so Pollock and that freaks Pollock. out. Um, you see at the end, another couple bringing their children to that, again, that clinic uh, for the uh, mental health. And uh, one of them is a, like a, 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 a computer engineer. And she's like, wow, that girl's uh, she's like, that's my daughter. Yeah, she she's been here forever. And like, wow, you must have some generous donors. Like, yeah, that computer could control like NASA. Yeah, you could hack into the Pentagon yeah, with that. Yeah, which I liked. And then which, it turns out that Steve, that the girl from the beginning, who is this girl now, is the voice on the other end of the phone, the Brit- the British woman. She talks through a digital um, tra- talk, yeah, translating a, program, a digital translating program. And so she she gets, is his handler, the she, girl who helped him with the puzzle piece in which, the beginning was all grown up, which brings a lot of questions. However, I will admit that was very cool. You my, see the picture yeah. of the puzzle on her wall too, the yeah. Muhammad Ali things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thing. But uh, my my uh, my uh, my wife did note that was the best. Um, uh, what you call it? Best down payment to pay off. Yeah, in the film. Yeah, like, like it's a little bit, but in the end, you're like, yep. That's cool. Also, if, if anyone cares, Medina has a change of heart at a uh, press conference and protects Wolf at the thing, and the the cycle right. continues anew. Great. Oh, Who yeah. gives a oh, fuck? And, and, and by the way, uh, fans of the Americans, the woman at the end, uh, the handler, is played by Martha. Who okay. Was uh yeah yeah well you you know you know so and then Wolf drives off to the sunset with his super sweet trailer. So Matt, is there going to be a sequel? Oh, of course. Because this clearly they're setting up a franchise. Right I now. mean, I hope there is. I hope it makes enough money to be one. I I honestly, now that I've had this conversation with you and I'm rethinking about it, I want to. I do want to go back. Ha and, and, and It's revi- worth one and, more watch and, and revisit this and and, and to tr- see. Yes, to to uh, to see if my memory of this, and I only saw it two days ago, and I'm like, and now I'm I'm already getting like well, it's, blurred it's a about real it. cop in 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 the in the world of fucking cookie cutter action movies or things that play things so close to the vest, like the Bourne movies. A lot of times, like the, there's one big reveal with maybe a second twist oh, at the God, end, and I know, and it gets old, it gets old fast. This. While I don't agree with every point that it did and how it told its story, at least it felt fresh in the way it did it, even if it yeah. stumbled from time to time. So I think it's worth one more viewing. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts, Steve, from you. Uh, final thoughts. I'm going to go see this again. I'm ha! still not, I'm not in the theater. I'm still not entirely oh. sold on it. It is fresh. It is original. Surprisingly funny. The action scenes are okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to asterisk like questionable morality aside. Um, Acting is acting is good to decent. I still do not like the J.K. Simmons and Cynthia Di Robinson subplot. I think you could devote that time to better establishing the relationship between Brax and sure, sure Christian, or like or do something with the like. I, I honestly thought like the dad was going to be alive at the end or something. <laughs> it's going to be like some big like Metal Gear Solid big boss thing happening. It's fine. It's a it's a fine movie. Ben Affleck is uh, very talented. If it does become a franchise, I probably would go see the second one. Um, I, I'd be I, curious I, to see where they go. With I would I would I would call it uh, Counting Two: The Tax Man Cometh or yeah, Tax sure. Man Returneth. Yeah, let's go with that. Yep. Uh, whatever the, whatever studio <laughs> you can have that for free. <laughs> Yeah, those are my um, thoughts. All right. Uh, I'm glad I turned you around a little bit and earned at least one more viewing in a home theater situation. Uh, the thing I'll say that I haven't said about this before uh, is just that. 
I'm amazed. This thing might as well be a professional figure skater because it skates around so many <laughs> fucking awful tropes that just destroy current day action movies for me. And it does it. It goes right to the fucking edge of every precipice it can and just goes, wee, look how dangerous this is and comes right back. I mean, okay. So tr- the whole treating autism as a superpower thing, right? I think it right. handles the 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 mental health issue at the core of this movie in a respectful and sort of good way that it, it, it goes to a certain point where it could easily get offensive and goes back. Right. Uh, the romance, the forced sort of love interest. It doesn't really feel that force with a woman 20 years, his junior, which I guess is that really, no, it's maybe it's more like 13 years, his junior in real life. She's 30. Anna Kendrick's 31. Really? Yeah. Damn, you you okay. don't remember because she's in Pitch Perfect, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as Robin love, pointed do, out to me. I do love those movies. But like, it's nice because she seemed interested, but Wolf straight stayed true to character and doesn't let it go anywhere despite her effect. Like, mm-hmm. And it just, that felt great. So you're skating around that precipice. The brother is a villain trope. In the beginning, I was like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck <laughs> yeah. you, fuck you. But the way that they handled it at the end was such a... that Felt forced. I, no, I think it felt fresh to me the way at the very end. I like that they didn't do it just to try to, at least maybe for the cheap, cheap sheets, maybe they didn't get it. I don't know. And then finally, the mysterious handler trope, which is in fucking every spy movie, I think has the best payoff in almost any spy movie. It's Uh, it's pretty great. It's set up and paid off so well. So this thing just does fucking triple sow cows all over these things (laughs) that I would normally damn a movie for, and I really appreciate that. The Brian Boitano. Again, yes, the Brian Boitano of spy action thrillers um, based on people who wrote Good Will Hunting. Um, so there's a there's a pull quote. Uh, it's sometimes too complex for its own good. It needs to. I need to watch it again, honestly. But I would say go see the movie. That's right. what I would say. I would watch this again on your screen when it comes out. Sure, later. It's a mandate. Ooh, it's Woo. mandated. Oh, uh, okay. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. This has been the only podcast about the film The Accountant. Because it's so complicated, we went a little over, and I apologize for that, but hopefully you're not sick of us yet. Steve, where can folks find you when you are so politely not trying to do a New Zealand accent? I, uh, You can find me at the Oscar Watch Podcast. We talk about the Best Picture winners. We pick a new one every week, and we discuss whether they deserve it, whether they still may be called the best. This is on Earth 616, by the way. Yes, absolutely. You can find it. It's uh, on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, leave us reviews. Send us an email at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com. We'd appreciate it. Love hearing from you. Uh, Matt, I believe you'll be on an episode soon. Yes, I am looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to trans uh, transdimensionally uh, moving right. myself to You're another gonna, plane of existence yes. and being on another movie podcast. Another because movie podcast? if only someone would start one here, I could do it here. Right. But and I believe we'll be shining a spotlight on a film. <laughs> that, that you have done here before. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh, I can't like, wait. Now I, just got, now I got less excited. <laughs> uh, you can find Shahir Dowd when he's not shirking his co host duties at shahirdowd.com, where you can find all of his life and works. Uh, also, you can find me at uh, Emperor MSK on Twitter, Skeletor, number four, PREZ on Instagram, or MatthewKroll.com for all my life and works. Also, please email us at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com with your likes, dislikes. Uh, did you think, tell me about the morality of this film, because I hope I changed Steve's mind. Maybe I changed your mind. Maybe there's people at home fucking screaming at me. I'm like, no, dummy, he's a fucking asshole. And he basically shot the guy in the head that's doing the exact same thing that he's doing. Maybe that's the case. Please write us in. Also, leave us those reviews on iTunes. Woo! All right, we'll see you next week. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll get an accountant too. The tax man returned. The tax man returned. All right, see you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>